welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Now here's Father Ted. Our gospel today shows our Lord with a rather busy day in Capernaum. Last Sunday we heard about Saturday morning for our Lord where Jesus is in the synagogue and he's preaching and he casts out a demon. And today's gospel picks up where that one left off. So they first go to Simon's house and they see his mother-in-law and he heals her. And then after sunset, so when the, the Jewish Sabbath is over, the whole town begins to bring their sick and their possessed family members to Jesus. And it says the whole town was gathered outside the door of Simon's house. And then the day goes on and eventually everybody goes home. But Jesus does not, after all this work, go to bed. He then gets up very early in the morning, it says, before sunrise, and he goes off to a deserted place to pray. And that's where his disciples find him in the morning, praying. And they tell him, very logically, everybody's looking for you. You just healed the whole town. Everybody's sick in the town. All You cast out all the demons. You are a sensation. People are looking for you. And he says, we must go on to other towns. We must go to other places. Let us go to nearby villages that I may preach there also. And he says very, very uh, significantly, for this purpose have I come. For this purpose have I come. There's one scholar that says that all the verses in Mark's gospel were leading up to this particular statement. Jesus is telling us why he became man why he came to earth, why God was made incarnate. For this purpose have I come, to preach the gospel. Now, you could say you've heard Jesus came to earth for other reasons, for example, to save us from our sins. And that's, of course, true. The Catechism of the Catholic Church gives actually five reasons why Jesus became man. First and foremost was to save us. It also says to give us a model of holiness to show us the Father's love, to cast out the devil, but also to preach, to share the truth, to transmit the word about the kingdom of Christ. Now, Paul's words to the Corinthians from today's second reading demonstrate how he recognizes just how indispensable preaching was in his life. He says, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For an obligation to do so has been imposed on me. So it's not something which he just said, well, I feel like doing this. I feel like sharing the word. It's something which I feel called to at this moment. He sees it as something which Christ himself has, as as a duty that Christ himself has imposed upon him. Woe to me if I do not preach. And he says that there's a frightening prospect of judgment if he does not carry out this divine assignment. And what Paul says about his own life, we should be saying too about ourselves, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Because when Mark transmits our Lord's words, he does so in a way that implies we should be associated with Christ's mission. Because when Christ told the disciples he's gonna preach, in other villages, he didn't say, no, I'm not staying here in Capernaum. I'm going to go somewhere else and I'm going to preach. 
He says, let us go to the nearby villages. There's this invitation. He's saying, let us go together and continue this ministry of preaching, this ministry of salvation. And so this is not something which only professionally evangelists are called to do. Because yes, there are lots of people that are called to do this by vocation. There are the priests who preach, there are catechists, there are missionaries who go oversee, there are the sisters, there are people who are theologians and they work in schools and they write books. But every person who is baptized has this obligation imposed on them by Christ. Every Christian is a prophet by their baptism. And a prophet is not somebody who sees the future. The prophet is somebody who preaches the word. You might have heard about this society called the St. Vincent de Paul Society. It's something which is very widespread. Most of us would tend to think that it was founded by a man by the name of Vincent de Paul, who was a priest in the 1600s. But in reality, the St. Vincent de Paul Society was founded by another Frenchman in the 1800s, a 20-year-old layman and seven of his friends, Frederick Ozuman. He was a talented young man. He got a doctorate in literature at the University of Paris, and he went on to be a law professor and a judge. And this St. Vincent de Paul Society that he started is still spreading the gospel through its 750,000 active members in 142 countries. He was not a professional evangelist. He didn't, he didn't study theology. He was a convicted believer who saw that this was a good deed that he could undertake. Now, why do we need to preach the gospel? Why is this such a strong obligation? Most importantly, because it's the way that God wants to affect salvation. If you do not hear the word, you cannot believe the word. And if you do not believe in the word, you cannot be saved by it. As Simon Peter put it in today's gospel, everyone is looking for Christ. This is kind of the second reason. It was true 2,000 years ago, and it's true today. Everyone is looking for Christ. Now, Simon said everyone is looking for you, but everyone is looking for you, Christ. All those people that do not yet know Christ, all those people who do not yet have faith, all those people who have not been baptized, all those people who are not yet Catholic, they are looking for Christ. They don't even know they're looking for Christ necessarily but our hearts are naturally restless until they rest in him. I'm reading this book about these uh, 16 Jews that converted in different moments in history to Catholicism, and that's one trait that they all have in common. There's this moment of crisis where whatever they have isn't enough. There is something lacking. There's something there that's causing them emptiness. They're feeling great discouragement over their reason for existence. They didn't know Christ, but they were looking for him without knowing it. He is the only one that can satisfy the longings of our hearts. St. Augustine is believed to have put these words on Christ's lips. So just imagine Christ saying this. Are you looking for peace? You are looking for me. Are you looking for happiness? You are looking for me. Are you looking for truth? You are looking for me. We evangelize because we are convinced that we have what everybody wants and needs. We possess the truth that saves souls, 
the love that alleviates the anxieties of the hearts. We, when we evangelize, we're not trying to impose on somebody else our way of thinking about reality or existence or the world. We are showing them what they've always wanted without realizing this was it. It's like a doctor that gives you some medicine and it makes you feel a hundred, like better than you felt in 20 years. You had no idea this medicine existed, but you would have loved to have had this 20 years ago. And you're really glad that doctor gave it to you now because it makes you better. And that's what the faith that we give to other people does as well. Now the question is, how do we evangelize? And with everybody, it's going to be different. Like St. Paul told us in today's second reading, I have become all things to all. Like he's flexible. He doesn't approach everybody in the same way. He doesn't preach the same words. He doesn't have the same tact when it comes to talking to different people or different congregations. He meets people where they are at, and then he brings them to Christ. To the poor I became poor. And so too with us, we have to approach people where they're at. With some people, that means having an intellectual debate with them. So we have to know our faith to actually have that conversation. But with other people, it's going to be more of a matter of the heart, more of a matter of the affections, more less, less rational and more sensible. One of these Jewish converts that I was reading about was trying to convert his mother. His name is Bob Fisherman. And his mother was dying of cancer. And he was trying with all sorts of biblical passages and he was even you know, praying very intensely over her. And he kept this up for a while and there were no results. There was no change of heart. She was not believing him. She was not converting. And so eventually this man, Bob Fisherman, got fed up with God and began complaining. He said, you heal people all over the world. Why won't you heal my mom? And once he calmed down, he heard God whisper into his soul, tell her who I am. And he was confused and he was not really sure what that meant. And so he asked, who are you, Lord? And that voice in his heart returned more loudly saying, I am the God of the friendless. I am a God of the heartbroken. I am a God who will hold her hand. Tell her that. And when Bob went back to his mother in the care facility and started telling her this, she started to cry. She started letting him uh, tell her about the biblical stories. And Bob spent the last couple weeks of her life telling her stories from the Bible before she finally did, in fact, convert. And this is just one of the ways that God can use us to preach his word. But may Mary, the star of the new evangelization, Fill us with that urgent desire to bring Christ to others so that both they might experience that truth, that love that comes from God alone, and that we might be able to carry out this divine mandate that has been imposed upon us just as it was imposed on St. Paul.